what is off the groove? It means you've blown the line or you're pushing the limits a little bit too far or just maybe you might be looking for a faster way around the racetrack. Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. December 20th, 2019, episode 110. 110. 110, man. The decade's almost over. The decade is almost over. It's, uh, is this the last podcast? No, we got one more in the, in the, in this decade. And but, then, but this is the last one before Christmas. So before yeah. I forget, I'd like to wish everybody a happy, happy Christmas, Merry Christmas. Happy um, Christmas and a Merry New Year. Ha- and happy holidays. Uh, do you know where we're at on the countdown to Daytona yet? We haven't really, I know we're under a hundred. I saw something about 89 the other day. Cause something about Reverend Kevin Barnes. 84. 84 days till Daytona. Hmm. A guy, when I was racing, number 84 is Brian Cromroy. You're, you are a numbers guy. I do love numbers. I can tell. I didn't um, even look at my notes or nothing. You're sitting here watching me, huh? Y- yeah. No, you didn't. Mm. That was right off another, the top of your head. Another 84. Oh, boy. Another 84 when I was growing up was Chance Darling. Chance Darling. That's a solid name. Yeah. I like that, man. I, I think it's it. cool. It's not as good as Cole Sabala, but, you know. Chance. Oh, Sabala. Um, all right. So, 84 days till Daytona. That's crazy. That's just a little over, what? three months man what are you smoking over there i'm not smoking anything and maybe that's the problem um <laughs> so we're just under three months and we'll be racing in daytona have i've started to hear some rumors about daytona have you heard any i heard something about maybe a little bit more asphalt in tim estenson's uh deal with american flat track is that what you're talking about i mean i don't really mind a little bit more asphalt <laughs> how do you man, feel about know, a little bit more asphalt scotty it's not my fault. Uh, yeah, I've ah. heard. I, I think it was what it was like a Estenson interview. He mentioned something along that line. And uh, the only thing I can think of, it would be kind of cool if you used NASCAR pit road, maybe as where they start. Hmm. I think that would be kind of cool. I don't know how else they can use more asphalt other than that. You have to keep in mind too, Carter. They're racing the Daytona 200 before we get on the racetrack, so you know it can't be out there impeding the way. It can't be. It, you know, I just I just don't know. The only thing I think of is maybe using a section of the pit road. So the 200 is going to be run before, not after the TT. That's correct. So what yes. if they just used more of the the straight, the front straightaway? I, I don't know. You wouldn't be a ton more, but I don't know how unless they slide everything down one way or another, uh-huh. or we stay up on the banking a lot longer and know. then come off. I I don't know, but. I don't, man, I'm curious to find out too. I what mean, if they I'd love did, to see the track what, layout. What if they did an entire lap around Daytona International Speedway and then the jump was dirt? It ain't happening. <laughs> it's not happening. They'd be going way too fast. I mean, they, the road racers don't even, the road racers don't even do that because they go way too fast. That's they, why they go on the infield. They got that new tire, man. Who knows? It may be able to, <laughs> maybe able to withstand. It may be able to hold on to the track. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, the rumors are. It, you can tell it's not. You can tell it's not race season. No, you, you know, don't take any of it seriously because we are totally kidding. They're not going to be running around Daytona International Speedway, but you know, if they do, you heard it here first. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about some real stuff. How was the? Uh, you did ice racing last weekend. Who won that? How did that go? Ice racing in Rockford, Illinois, was really cool. It was the closest track to the promoter's hometown there from wisconsin this is their closest race so they had a lot of people there friends and family that never seen their events before uh the race was really good i think they had a, a great big number of uh, professional quad riders pretty decent turnout for uh, pro bikes too uh the bikes went down to the wire coming off turn number four jeremy Orr got the drive came up the inside 
the referee said it was Jeremy Orr with the win. A few scorekeepers said it was Mattia. They talked it over, talked it over, talked it over. I left the penalty box and went out and started interviewing who got third because we knew that. Yeah. We couldn't figure out who won. Oh, wow. They could not figure it out. Yeah. So there's no cameras or anything like that. So, so it's, 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 you know been what a, they it, did? it's been a week. Have they figured it out yet? They have. They okay. did a... They did a two-lap shootout between Jeremy Orr and Jake Mattia. Get the out. Championship last, yeah, the championship last year came down to those two riders. So uh, oh. they talked to both of them. And, you know, Mattia had nothing to lose because they had him in second. And Jeremy Orr said, hey, if you want to, you know, let's do it. So they did a three-lap race. Somebody from the crowd threw a coin down to us. We flipped the coin. What? Mattia won the coin toss. He started on the inside. It was green, white checkered and after the, about the end of the first lap or got in the lead and matai couldn't get back past him so huh. or got the win jake matai was second and then uh a, a guy with the last name of shoop who's a former champion was third so all three riders on the podium shoop, are former baby. and current ice racing world champions that's pretty badass and the fans got a few extra laps that's pretty uh that's a pretty cool deal and uh i think it's a cool way to, to settle it if you can't really say one way or the so, other I may have had something to do with that. I had the crowd chanting, race them again and do it again. Or, I don't know. I had the, I had the crowd chanting because they wanted one more race. So I think they kind of had to do it. Dude, so it's I'm probably sure, my fault. I'm sure nobody was upset about that decision. So, no, uh, man. That's I think it was cool. I think you know, a little bonus race, a three-lap shootout for all the marbles. Why not? Yeah. While you were uh, there on the ice, there was some uh, some short track indoor concrete racing going on in... Uh, Timonium, Maryland. Timonium, yeah, in Maryland. Yeah, and that's a really, really tight track. I've never been there myself, but I've seen some race footage. Uh, Corey Texter ended up tying the track record at 6.5 seconds. And Crazy. That's so fast to go fast, turn left, go fast, turn left. And think about doing that on a 450. That's Man, nuts. He, he wants he wants to break the track record. I don't think he does. That, I, don't think, I don't think he five. wants to because I it's 65, his number. I think he's doing it on purpose that. and just holding steady at 6.5. No, he wants to beat it. He said if he beat it, he'd probably end up in the grandstands after he took a checkered flag or something like that. But yeah. I think it'd be cool. I mean, what's cool is it gives him something to shoot for. Yeah. You know, uh, why not go for it? You know, so I like it. He ended up winning the first main event, won the Dash for Cash, and then jumped to start in the second main he event, I was told. Pulled a Jared Mees, I heard. Yeah, that's good stuff. Did uh... I, I, thought, I thought that was Briar Bowman that jumped the Oh, start. it is. You're right. <laughs> the most recent one was Briar oh, Bowman. That's yeah. right. Um, that's crazy. We got a couple of those. Um, yeah, I think, does that translate to flat track really? I mean, it's, it's completely different cause it's so small and it's concrete. I mean, they actually wear carpet instead of like steel shoes, which makes sense. But I mean, does, does that right. skill set translate to a short track? Absolutely. On, on, okay. It, and it's, you know, indoors, ice racing, concrete, yeah. indoor dirt. It's always real tight competition, bar banging. Cause everything's compressed right there in front of you. Gotcha. And I mean, it just, it makes you a better rider. I promise you. Yeah. The reason I ask is because you remember Noah Chambers that we talked to during the 580 episode, the one that we went rolled down there with that was a motocross guy. Yeah. Yeah. The one I said, who the heck are you? <laughs> yeah. That guy, he's actually going to uh -huh. be racing, apparently trying to race some flat track this year. And, uh, he took home a second place in his, in his, uh, in his class. So I always thought he's just a motocross guy, but if he's got uh, the skills to finish second in, in his class, I was just wondering if that translated to, uh, to flat track. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, it's a little bit different. I mean, there's, if it's Coke syrup, there's probably plenty of traction. Yeah. So that, that's, that's the benefit of a motocrosser. You can, you're used to laying it over in a corner and a half traction. When you get on like a grooved racetrack outside when it's slick, that's where a motocross rider will struggle a little bit. Yeah. You know, I mean, we've seen some motocross guys come over and do really well. 
We've seen some motocross guys come over and struggle. So it just depends on your mindset, how much you practice, how much you train. And, uh, you know, he can he can come over and give it a shot. He said he might see us at Daytona. Yeah, no, I think he's actually starting to build a bike and trying to make it down today. He said he's going to be there regardless whether he's ready to race or not. So uh, um, it'll be cool to see. Uh, it, guess who else? Did you see who else raced there? Our boy Sammy Sabedra threw a leg. Oh, yeah. 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 I heard. Yeah, I, I saw he had his his outfit laid out, and he ended up wearing some jeans and a flannel, I think, instead. And he busted his helmet out and had to dust it off. And and he was just going out there and have some fun. But he put in the main event on a stock. I think it's a 100, a CRF 100 or something like that. And rode the Mad Dog class, I'm sure, but put it yeah. in the main event. Dude, I love it. I love seeing him on a bike. And uh, you know, it seems like the kind of dude that as long as he's throwing a leg over or something and, and getting out there racing, he's having a good time. So that's what it's all about, right? And and that bike is just his size. <laughs> Good stuff. Shout out to Sammy. Apparently, we have to have him back. Somebody uh, messaged me and said that they, it was one of their favorites, and uh, they they ha- we have to have him back. So that'll have to happen at some point. It, it's definitely one of mine. It it was on the podium, but I think it might have got knocked down to fourth place right now. So yeah, I'm with you. Sammy, you're right there. Just right off there, the box, Sammy, son. But, just yeah. off the box. Um, yep. you know what's crazy is we both actually got phone calls this week, and we were interviewed. How about that? That is nuts. That that it's only happened to me a couple a couple of times. Yeah. Usually it's sometimes before a press release if AFT is going to announce the announcers or the on air talent or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's happened to me before, but not to this detail. No, so we don't want to get cool. It yeah. was cool. Be on the other end of it. It was yeah. definitely cool. We don't want to give away too many uh, details on that, but we can say that you should probably start checking out the Thunder Presses here in the next few months because there may be something in there about that. So. Um, it's more for towards Scotty, but I got to give my two cents on on that as well. And I'm pretty stoked to to read it, to be honest with you, when that comes out. So start looking at Thunderpress. I'm sure most of you are already reading it, but just if you're not, pick up a couple over the next few months and just start reading. Thunderpress has been doing more and more flat track articles too. They had an article on Carver a while back. They yep. had a great one on Michelle DeSavo, who yeah. we both we've had both those on on our podcast. Absolutely. So they're getting more into our sport and I love it. Yeah good stuff and and they they always share what we're doing which is awesome so go check them out as well the biggest news in this past week that i want to kind of get your two cents on and and we we usually talk about how we're gonna get into this and you're like screw it i'm just gonna wing it so there's actually two bits of news there's there's news from the singles class and then there's uh news from the twins class hold hold on you mean the super twins class yes the super twins class well which one do you want to talk about first um, let's talk about the Super Twins, because that's the one I'm most excited about. Uh, I'm pretty stoked that Davis Fisher found a ride for the Super Twins class, because boy, does that kid deserve it. Absolutely. I, I, you know, I talked to him earlier in the year, and he's wondering if he's going to have a ride for Super Twins or if he's going to have to go do something else. And to get him teamed up with the BriggsAuto.com, Johnny Goad turning the wrenches, I'm sure, you know, Davis's dad, Rex Fisher, a former racer, is going to be a big part of the team as well. So another deserving rider getting another great ride. So uh, that puts my tally up to 12 riders in the Super Twins class now. And I'm mark my words, he's going to get that first Twins win this year. Or Super Twins win this year guaranteed all right i'll write it down right now so if it doesn't happen what's gonna do? are you gonna shave your head or something i'll shave my head if davis fisher goes the entire 2020 season without a win i will shave my head in the grand national series main event not a heat race not a semi yeah, no, no. it's got to be a main for sure it's got to be all right a, yeah all right top write of the box down right here you heard it on off the groove right here don't disappoint me davis so the other news is in the singles class and it's actually got a little bit of tied to the twins as well because this rider rode the twins class last year i'm interested to hear 
What are your thoughts, Scotty Dubler, on Henry Wiles going to the singles class? I am excited. Henry has been a 450 star. He yeah. he shines on the 450. He should do really well. I'm yeah. not saying he's going to go out there and win every round because I don't think that's possible. Yeah. But he should do really well. I think everybody else should take notice. He's going to be riding for Richie Morris Racing and sponsored by American Honda. Yep. Uh, he's got all the backing in the world. I think for Henry, it takes the load off of his shoulders of trying to be, you know, run the team, get the team there pay for everything you know it's gonna free up a lot for henry he should be able to just go out there and ride and know he's a talented rider yeah i mean you always have that and this isn't the first time that a rider has made the um, decision to go from the twins to a singles class uh some people look at it as a step down i'd you and me we've talked about it multiple times on you know with multiple different riders i i still and i'll still say it i think the singles class is the most entertaining class uh week in and week out I love the twins don't get me wrong and i think the talent at the twins level is some of the best talent if not the best talent in the world but watching these single races are just exciting to me um and and to see what henry's gonna do it's i think it's it's gonna be all or nothing for him though if if he doesn't win a championship or some races man like how's that gonna i don't know how's that gonna play like right. he's he's gotta he's gotta win that championship or i would think if i'm henry wiles that decision was made for nothing. I don't know. Is that too? Is that too? I, I, I don't know. And I don't know the reason he's dropping down. I'm not going to speculate. I'm no. not going to speak for Henry. Sure but we'll talk. Maybe he didn't want to. Maybe he didn't want to run the Super Twins yep. class. Or maybe this deal was too good to pass up. Absolutely. And, you know, he wants to win races. Yeah. And he didn't win any races in 2019. He, he missed Peoria because he was injured. Yep. Um, you know, and in 2018, he was second in the point standings. He wants to go out there and win some races. I'm sure there's a, a good contingency from American Honda. Yeah. And a little bit more on the singles class, Carter, is you've got the up-and-comers who are hungry and aggressive. Yep. You've got some veterans in there. You've got some guys that have been there just a couple of years. So that, to me, is why that racing is so good. Everybody is racing for those top spots, and these young guys are going for it. The old guys are up there. Yeah. And the guys that have been there only a couple of years, they're right there in the middle of it, too. So when, when we get to the main event, I think, you know, 10, 12, 14 riders could possibly win any race. Maybe you got to love that. Um, and there's a couple of them. I mean, he just, just recently got married. He's got another kid on the way, right? He's a big family man. So this might've been a, a safer deal for him. Uh, who knows, man, Honda may be looking to do a, a twins down the road. So, and he would be, you know, if he, if he wins a championship in the singles class on a Honda, who better to fill that spot if, if Honda steps up to the twins class, you know, I'm, I'm starting to speculate, which I don't even, I don't know what the deal is either, but there's a million different reasons why this decision could be made. And I, I think to look at it as a step down is, is ridiculous. It's, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely going to be entertaining. Uh, like you said, he's, he won championships in the singles before, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And you know, you also you talking about step down. Some people are talking about production twins as a step down as well. Yeah. There's some great big contingency in that class now. Absolutely. I think we might see a few of our top normal guys in, in the AT twins class. Instead of going super twins, they might ride the production twins class as well. So, you know, as we get more and more information, we'll have more stuff to talk about. But with all that Harley contingency in the production twins class, uh, I think we're going to have some really fast guys in that class as well. Yeah. And I think both you and I were a little, um, I wouldn't say blown away because, I mean, it's still twins racing, uh, which is impressive. But we were impressed by what that, that production twins class ended up being by the end of the season. You know, we, there, was, there was a lot of people looking at that as not going to succeed that one race that they ran in Springfield the, the year before they did it for a full season. It was kind of, 
I wouldn't say a flop, but it wasn't a huge success. Um, so there was a lot of skeptics uh, heading into last year for the production twins. But I mean, there was great racing in that race in that series as well. And I think that'll continue in 2020. Absolutely. It started out kind of boring because Corey Texter looked like nobody's going to be able to beat him. Yeah. And then Harley Davidson got involved with the help from Terry Reimer and Black Hills Harley Davidson. Then Terry Vance was helping those guys out. So I think there's going to be some Kawasaki's running good there. Uh, I think there's going to be definitely the XG 750 Harley is going to be up there. And of mm -hmm. course, you know, if, if Corey's coming back in the production twins class to defend his number one plate, can't count him out. Colby no. Carlisle went good there, but he's moving up to the Super Twins class. So, you know, it's it's going to open the door. Maybe maybe we'll see some new riders going fast. Gotta love it. Well, I think that's all that really happened. The other thing that I saw was another Fast and Left premiere. Did you see that? They're, they're in Greece this week, which is crazy. Tuesday night, they're in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, that's right. Did they you did. See that one? They did one in Oklahoma. It was yeah. Scott, Scott Solers. Yeah, Scott Solers put on a, a little premiere. That was awesome to see. Uh, you know, I follow on social media all the Fast and Left stuff, and I've seen that. There's people asking for in Atlanta. There's people in the cities here in the States that are starting to ask, you know, where's the premiere in my city going to be? So it's only a matter of time before we have that countrywide here. But it's good to see that going outside of the country as well. They've already done one in the UK. Uh, they've already done one in Brazil. And then Greece was last night. I think they have a few more, which kind of leads me to what I want to talk about for this episode. I think, you know, we've spent a couple episodes. We, we dedicated one talking to Evan. Uh, we obviously hit on it a little bit when we went out there for for the premiere when they did that in the first U S premiere in Kansas. Um, but I'd like to catch up with Evan, talk to him, uh, since they premiered the, the movie to talk a little bit about, you know, what he's got going on, what his plans are for the future. And then I think it would be cool to give uh, a couple folks a call. I'd like to talk to a couple um, people that went to these premieres outside the United States and, uh, hear what they, their experiences were at those premieres and see if they compared to ours in, in Kansas. What do you think? I think it's a great idea. I mean, I love the movie. I, I love the, the people are, are taking it in and they're loving it. Yeah. it. To me, it's like our generation is going to look at this like the older generation got to look at on any Sunday. Yeah. I know it's not the same movie and I'm not comparing the two movies, yeah. but it's doing the same thing, Carter. Yeah, you can't you can't compare the two. I mean, they're two different. I wouldn't say two different feels because they kind of have the same old vintage feel. But they're, I mean, it's just different times with different um different people creating it, but it, there is, and, and I know it seems like we talk about it and promote it a lot, but I, I'm passionate as hell about this movie and, uh, it's not just the movie, it's the dude behind it. So I think we should probably call Evan first, catch up with him, see what the hell he's been doing since we saw him in Kansas at the premiere. And then we'll call people around the world and get their two cents on what they think about the movie. That sounds like a good plan. All right. Colin Evan. Hello. Hello? Hello, hello. Is this the award-winning flat track movie maker, Evan Sin? That is me. How are you doing, Scotty? Yeah, man, it's good. I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks since the Wichita premiere, the United States premiere. But before that, you actually got to go to Toronto, Canada and debut the film up there. And you won a great big award up there. So tell me about that real quick before we jump into what else has been going on. Yeah, the Toronto Motorcycle Film Fest is a really, really cool film fest that's been going on about three years in Toronto. And the film wasn't even done yet when, when I submitted it. And I thought, you know, if it's not ready, it's not ready. And Caius from Toronto gave me a call and had great things to say about it. And it was accepted. So I went up to Toronto and nothing but great films. It was a really cool collection of all motorcycle films. And uh, I was happy to premiere there, uh, not to mention uh, get the award for best short doc. So Man, pretty that's fun. That's cool. 
So did you get to show the movie to a lot of people in Toronto or just a, a select few? A lot of people. It was a, it was sold out every night and, um, I'm really, really bad at counting people, but I would say, uh, three, about 300, I think. Okay. So then the first time in the United States was in Wichita, Kansas. Carter flew here. We drove up. Uh, my dad, my stepmom came up. Gary and Kelly Kinsler drove down from South Dakota. My girlfriend, my best friend rode with me and some other friends. And it seemed like, you know, all the people that were there were friends of mine or people that I've known from flat track. Um, it was so big in Wichita that you had to show the movie twice because it was full upstairs where you, where you shot it. Do you have any idea of the total number that came to watch it in, in Wichita? Yeah, we've heard about 425 people. You know, we knew it would be a shame just to release it online or um, do a premiere outside and, you know, never show it in uh, Wichita, which is where most of these guys are from. So it was a wild success. And, um, yeah, it was it was a blast and a huge thanks to Gavin Peters and the Diver Studio and my wife Taylor for getting all that in order and making it a fun event. It was not to mention everyone who brought leathers and bikes and memorabilia. Man, it was cool. It was like we we've discussed it a couple times on here, but it was like we were at the racetrack, you know, sitting up in the pits. But there was no track there. But you know, bikes were there, leathers were there, and then all of our friends were there. So it was just like we we're at the, at the races, and it was such a cool event. What did that premiere mean to you? Um, I mean, it meant the world to me. It was it was kind of like a it was like a family gathering. It was like an art show. It was like uh, it was like the Rocky Horror Picture Show when the film started because these guys would see themselves on the screen or their their best buddy or. Um, people we've lost over the last year. There was just, you know, a lot of emotion and a lot of uh, hooping and hollering at the screen. So it was just really cool to kind of see all of that come together, knowing that it was just, you know, it started as an experiment of what would happen if we brought a camera to the flat track. And then that was kind of the culmination of it, seeing everyone appreciating what we made and me appreciating everyone who, who, came out all that way it was just it was it was special it was a whole nother chapter to the story kind of yeah it was really cool i think most of the people that you featured in the movie were there i think almost everybody was uh including jeffrey uh -huh. carver and he came in it looked like he stayed a day or two after we left and he was there a day or two before so what did it mean to you for jeffrey carver to to leave what he was doing behind and come to your movie premiere that was really really cool because uh you know i Cyburn was one of the, the biggest um, influences of the film and kind of one of the things that got me into uh, the stories of Flat Track. And the first issue I got, um, it profiled Jeffrey Carver. So that was kind of the first pro that I, that I read about. Um, and uh, so when he, when he agreed to do an interview in Oklahoma last, uh, two years ago now, right? Last year. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Then that was just cool enough, and then he and I had become friends since then and uh, just took a call, and um, Jeffrey was totally down with visiting, and it, it was kind of funny. Some people thought it was a rumor. Some people thought it wasn't true, you know, that, that Jeffrey was going to be there. I think there was a few people like, oh, no, 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 he's not going to be here. And then when he just casually strolled through the door, I think people's, you know, jaws were on the floor that, that he was there to mingle and hang, and it was really cool seeing him you know, talk with the hippie Mark Robinson and uh, <laughs> do, just do some bench racing. And I know Scott Nightingale, who's in the film, is a huge fan of him. So kind of watching these guys talk with Jeffrey and hang out was really cool.
Yeah, and and before he left, you guys went and uh, got a little ink to commemorate the premiere. I think uh, Jeffrey got a checkered flag, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. What did you end up getting? Yeah, we all got uh, checkered flag tattoos on our brains. On your brain? Yeah. So when you, oh. when you get a tattoo, you fill out um, <laughs> you fill out what part of the body is getting tattooed, and we were all doing it behind the ear, and Jeffrey wrote brain on his uh, – <laughs> part of the body to be tattooed so I love it. my wife taylor and i knew that we were getting checkered flag tattoos once the once the film was done and uh, nope. she brought it up to jeffrey and so he was like i'm in so so cool so uh we talked to you before the the movie was premiered actually you guys you're still making the, the the movie and you talked a bit about how you got into flat track and that experience was one of your friends took you to jeeps right there in wichita kansas right that's how this uh-huh. whole thing got started my first experience with motorcycles, I mean, I always knew they looked cool. A few people would, would argue that. So I just knew that motorcycles looked cool. And uh, as a filmmaker and a photographer, I, I thought, you know, I'd really like to photograph some motorcycles and just see what that's like. And ended up approaching a group out of Portland called uh, the Dream Roll and Women's Moto Exhibit and went up and filmed their first gathering and just did a short little film on on them and got got the motorcycle bug and when i came back my now wife taylor she said uh you know what what if we get in the motorcycle so i i i thought yeah let's so we got online signed up for a class bought some helmets and uh that was it we were hooked that's cool so now you're just hooked not just in flat track but motorcycles and we couldn't be happier that you're hooked on flat track that's for sure moto gp was my first introduction into motorcycle racing and then I just obsessed and watched everything I could. And, you know, I thought, well, of course, we're going to Austin. We're going to see that race. But, you know, I still wanted to see some more racing. And that's about the time Gavin Peters mentioned, you know, hey, there's motorcycle races and this thing called flat track at Jeeps. So yeah. that's kind of what put it all together. It's like, you know, every, there's these similar stories of wild, you know, wild people riding wild machines. So I... uh I thought, you know, I'll, I'll see what story's here. And, of course, here we are. That's so cool. So let's talk about some premieres. I mean, we talked about Toronto already, the Wichita premiere, the United States premiere. Since then, this seems like this past week we had one in Brazil. We talked to somebody that had them over the, in the U.K. I know uh, a couple of friends of ours had one in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So what's it meant to you to have people reaching out to you to want to have a premiere of your movie in different parts of the country here in the United States and around the world. That was a trip, you know, and, and purely by, by accident. If people hadn't approached me, it wouldn't have happened. Uh, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have sent out emails to try to make this happen. So it's been really cool. Cause it's just, you know, um, I'll wake up to a new email and it's, it's from Australia or Greece or the Netherlands. There's, there's premieres all over. And it's really cool to know that, you know, it's such a niche thing that, you know, it's kind of a built-in audience in a cool way that people want to see it and then also want to gather to see it. So that's that's been one of the most special things because, you know, any view is nice, but if it's a, a person behind a computer screen by themselves, that's one thing. But when it's 200 people in Greece with Greek subtitles on things that Bull Taco Bill is saying, that's that's, that's <laughs> pretty cool. That's awesome. So do you know how many premieres there have been so far? Do you have a running list going right now? I have a list. So Toronto, check. Wichita, check. The UK, check. 
Brazil, check. Greece, check. Netherlands will happen on the 22nd. Okay. Then we have one in Denver on January 19th at Ratio Beer. There's one in Dallas on February 19th. There is going to be two showings in Portland, uh, details on those to come. Okay. And then we have a showing at the French Riviera Motorcycle Film Festival, February 21st. Cool. And we have Australia, Italy, Berlin, and maybe one in L.A. God, that, that man, I, I've got goosebumps right now. That makes me so happy for you and so proud of what you have done you know, to bring flat track around the world, man, that is, that's really cool, Evan. Well, yeah. And it's, it's cool because, you know, things like social media and word of mouth, it's just like, you know, a, a flat track film hasn't been made in so long that, you know, to have something just about flat track, that's brand new. I'm, I'm glad that people are interested and, you know, excited about that. If there's other people that want to have her premiered, they just need to reach out to you. And if so, what's the best way? Yeah, just message me on um, Instagram or go to my website. Um, it's real simple, and none of this is to make money, really. It's to gather people and to build the sport. So it doesn't take much to show the film besides uh, people and a screen and some speakers. That's, that's about it. And, and I loved what, what they did over in, in England. They raised money. They did charge $15 to get in, I believe, and all that money went to help out Oliver Brindley. So I loved what you guys did over there. Yeah, that was all thanks to Ross Herod um, in the UK. He he put that on and set everything up, and all these premieres so far have been free to get in the door. And as soon as the idea of a benefit for Oliver Brindley came up, then you know totally like let's let's see how much we can raise, and everything should go to Ollie, who I had the chance to meet in Springfield, and just such an awesome, awesome kid. Yeah, absolutely. So the biggest question, I guess, is what's next for Evan Sin? Well, I hope it's more flat track. Um, Me too. Yeah, yeah. I'm starting <laughs> to get good at it. So let's make starting. More. Dude, you're a pro. You're awesome, man. Well, thank you. You know, I have, have camera, will travel. So whoever's interested in helping to tell some stories, um, I'll probably still bring my camera gear every now and then to a Kansas race. But, um, yeah, I'd love to do some more flat track stories and whether it's to help riders or to help a venue or help a team, whatever it takes, I'm, I'm on board to keep shooting this stuff. Absolutely. So when, when we had you on the first time, Graham didn't know who you were, so she wasn't really ready to ask you a question. I think you actually reached out to her on Facebook, and, and she just really wanted to know how you got into motorcycles, and I think you answered that for us. And we appreciate you coming on. Again, we've had people on from Scotland. We talked to people in Brazil. We're going to talk to people from, from Greece. Uh Man, I love your movie. Keep on doing what you're doing. And uh, before we let you go, do you want to say thank you to anybody? Um, a huge thank you to my wife, Taylor. This wouldn't have happened without her. She helped, uh, you know, break the ice with some of these riders. She helped carry things, keep moods high, spirits high, give us pineapple and water. And she's also the designer for everything that we have from the titles to the credits to the shirts to the stickers to the posters so she's she's absolutely doing an awesome job on that so a big thanks to her and a big thanks to gavin peters for getting me into the sport and um helping with the premiere and a big thanks to you guys too for coming down and having me on and help you know promote the film yeah no problem man i love it and uh, it's good talking to you and hopefully we'll see you at the racetrack real soon 
I love it. I'll see you in Oklahoma. Sounds good. Evan, thanks a lot, bud. Thank you. Love it, man. Uh, always good catching up with Evan. Uh, you ready to call some folks around the world? I, I can't afford the phone bill, so can we use your phone? Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I got this. Don't worry about it. Um, I, we're going to call Brazil, the UK, and Greece. Which one do you want to call first? I'm down for whatever. Am I going to need a translator? I'm pretty sure everybody we're going to chat with today speaks English. Uh, there was a guy that tagged us a bunch in the UK premiere, Barry the Punk, so I wanted to chat with him first. You cool with that? Absolutely. Let's dial him up. Hello. Is this Barry the Punk? Yeah, it's uh, it's going. Yeah. Yeah. Where where are you from? You don't sound like you're from Oklahoma. I'm I'm from a little bit far uh, further away than Oklahoma. I'm from uh, Edinburgh over in Scotland. You're from you're from Scotland, and you, do you live in Scotland now, or you you yeah, in England, yeah. or where are you at? No, I'm still in Scotland. Uh, still just outside Edinburgh. Okay. All right. And so your real name is Barry Stevenson. You race number 299. Why do people call you Barry the Punk or why do you use that as your handle on Instagram? Well, uh, back when I was, uh, I'd say about, uh, I don't know, 20, I had a, uh, I was really into punk music and I had a massive sort of maybe like eight inch Mohawk, 12 inch Mohawk. Wow. So yeah, uh, I used to ride BMX, and everybody just called me Barry the Punk, and then I get shortened to BTP, so, yeah, that's where <laughs> that one comes from. <laughs> Dude, that's cool. I love it. So, so you, as far as I know, you're the only uh, flat track racer that I know from Scotland. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's right. I think I don't, I don't know anybody else uh, from Scotland that re- currently races flat track. Uh, there may have been somebody in the past that did it, but with it not being a, a sport that's uh, sort of originated here yeah i think currently i'm the only guy racing in our national series that's from scotland and what series do you race in uh, so i race for the dirt track riders association and the uk uh, flat track nationals so how hard is it to get over there to race i mean is it close by is it a couple hours do you have to take a boat i mean i'm not familiar with no. where you're at so is it so, hard to do uh all the races are at least, I think the closest one for me uh, is a two and a half or a three hour drive. So they're all okay. they're all within driving distance, but it varies from so two and a half hours up to five five or six hours. Something oh, like that. that. That's great. That's not too far away. It's pretty good. Like the only problem is there's not so many places to to practice close by. If you know what I mean. Okay, I sure do. When I was racing, there was hardly any place to practice. You got practice when you got to the racetrack right before you went <laughs> racing. So I, I know you're yeah. feeling right there. I know your pain. So how did you get involved and how did you get started in flat track? So I, I used to do uh, competition drifting with cars. Uh, I did that for years and uh, I sort of was coming to my end, uh, the involvement of that in, in 2016, at the end of the 2016 season. And I was kind of done with it and it, it changed and I sort of was like, nah. Didn't want to give up racing completely, but I, d- I didn't want to stick with cars anymore. So I saw something popped up on uh, on somebody's page on Instagram, and it was like guys racing flat track in the UK. And I thought, oh, I didn't know that happened over here. I was like, quite quite fancy a bit of that. And uh, <clears throat> I'd seen like quite a few guys that were BMXers, had been BMXers that I knew had kind of moved over to racing flat track. And I thought, well, uh, yeah, that looks like a bit of me. I, I think I might try and give that a go so uh, come the, the start uh, 
uh, the end of 2017, I managed to pick up a, a CCM, a Rotax CCM, um, that somebody had used for flat track kit. And uh, yeah, that kind of started me off. That's so cool. So drifting is, you know, where you slide a car around, you know, on pavement, sometimes dirt. Does that feeling transfer over to racing flat track? I mean, can you feel, is it the same feeling to you? Yeah, yeah, it's, it is the same feeling. I think the, the, the feeling's definitely the same. And also knowing what the, like not, knowing the, the correlation between throttle control and brake. It's the same. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Like the the way you initiate a slide is the same thing, and weight right. transfer and stuff like that. It, it, it's the same. It's the same sort of thing. It's just uh, when it, if you get it wrong on the bike, it, it's a lot more painful than if you get it wrong in the car. <laughs> yeah, I, I I feel you right there too. So a little while, yeah, a little while ago we talked to Gary Inman and how he talked about starting the the flat track racing in the UK, and it was such a good story. Yeah. I was glad we had him on here. He said that he also started racing on a Rotax. My first real flat track bike was a Rotax, so uh, you have that same thing in common. So man, man, that's so cool. Um, it was it hard to learn, you know, like the ins and outs of a Rotax for you. Um. Like I've always uh, I've always been around bikes and had bikes since I was a kid. So uh, I picked up the Rotax and it had been had been used by somebody for a few seasons as a race bike, but it really needed the suspension wasn't good and the subframe really wasn't high enough for me being tall. I'm like six foot three, so um, I kind of went through the bike and had a friend of mine Mike from Survivor Customs make me a rear subframe and I fitted that and put some new shocks on it and yeah I think the first time I had a shot of it was like on a really really wet track down at Buxton but yeah uh, done like three laps and then fell off and got covered in mud and thought it was the best thing ever <laughs> <laughs> you're hooked that was it yeah right on what class do you race in so the last two seasons uh, I've been racing and uh the rookie class and what's called the Thunderbike class over here. Okay. So I think he, I think you heard Gary Inman talking about that. That's for singles over 600cc. So the Rotax was doing me for both classes. So it was able to run in the Thunderbike class, which is full of lots of uh, different abilities, levels of guys. You've got some pro guys in there, some inter guys, rookie guys like me, but they're all on big singles, loads of Rotaxes and stuff. So I thought, It'd be good to run that class as well as the rookie class because not only like you're running with quicker guys and you might learn something, but it's twice as much a seat time per event. So I thought like I might as well ride as much of us as I possibly could at every race meeting to try and get better at it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great idea, right? You know, the more you ride, the the faster you get, the more comfortable you get yeah. on the motorcycle. Yeah, so... Yeah. Um, That's it. Yeah, what do you do when you're not racing, you know, motorcycles? Do you have a real job? I mean, what do you do over there? Yeah, um, I do have a real job. I'm a, a refrigeration and air conditioning engineer. Okay. So Is, it keeps me keeps me busy. Right on. That's I mean, that's similar to some of the riders I think we've talked to over here. I think Jake Shoemaker does that. I think there's a a few other people that do that for a living yeah. too. So it's kind of cool how things are the same over there but yet different so that's pretty neat the reason we have you yeah. on off the groove is uh you you really hyped up the the fast and the left movie you tagged us in the post um we appreciate that tell us what you thought about that film when you went and saw it 
a couple of friends of mine, uh, a guy called Ross Herod and uh, a guy called Andrew Murphy, they um, decided they would put on uh, the UK premiere of the Fast and West film and, and have it as a charity event to raise some money for um, Oliver Brindley uh, for his recovery fund. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we decided on, um, I think Ross had spoke to Evan and he <clears throat> managed to secure the premiere for us. So uh, we put it on, uh, sold some tickets. I think we sold maybe 60 or 60 or 70 tickets and uh, put on a little premiere, put a little night together, had a couple bands booked and stuff like that and uh, got the projector set up and uh, put the film on and it was awesome. It was, it was amazing. I, I loved it. Um, it looked like, yeah, it looked like a real solid turnout. I mean, a lot of people were there. Yeah. yeah, it looked like a whole lot of fun. So what was your favorite part of the film? The favorite part of the film for me was the way that the the film managed to put across the reason why we all ride Blackjack. I think the, that, that was the biggest thing for me. It just had this, it just seemed to capture the reason why, like, why we all do this, drive hundreds of miles and get hurt and keep going back yeah i think that was my favorite but yeah i'd have to agree with that i mean it's it's really hard to put into words you know a a favorite part and it's it's hard for some people that don't understand our sport why we do it but i think evan did a great job at trying to relay that to people that don't quite get it exactly like there was there was people there there was people there who had just came uh, come along to watch the bands they seem to get it as well you know it really done the job of crossing boundaries between people that do the sport and people that don't do the sport but they, they, mm-hmm. could, they could appreciate it. it's done a, done a fantastic job with it absolutely um in your words how would you describe the film to those who haven't seen it it's almost uh it's almost uh like a, a throwback it's so hard to describe score you know it's like it filled me with like a lot of nostalgia i don't know why it just yeah hard to describe yeah. I, I'm right there with you. The way I think, I, the way I looked at it is, you know, the writers he talked to, it made me feel like I knew those guys, like like they were, you know, people I could relate to, people I could just walk up to and say hi to. I think he made kind of some stars out of some people that that are just normal racers, just like you and me. So I think Evan did a wonderful job at at, at the the entire movie. Totally, I think he. Um... I think he made you connect with people underneath a helmet. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't just like some dude riding a bike. You, you really got a connection to, oh, well, that guy's doing it because of this. And you know what I mean? It kind of really made you realize that it's just people that are there. They might look like a bunch of dudes wearing helmets and you, it's kind of impersonal, but that's the, the, the barrier that I think that film broke down. It made it personable. Yep, I, I would agree with you right there. So, have you ever raced over here in the states, or are you planning on coming over here to check it out? Well, I've not, I've not raced in the states yet, but um, my family has friends that stay in Kansas. So, uh, my, and my mum and dad are going over uh, to Kansas next summer, so they might go and see some races at Stockton or Jeeps or something like that. Awesome. Um, so my plan is at some point is to definitely come over and do something like that, like a local kind of race. Um, I just need to get somebody to sort me out with a bike, and I'd love to do that. It's definitely on my list of things I want to do. 
And that'd be awesome. If, if there's anything I can do for you to help find, maybe find you a bike to ride when you're over here or something like that, just give me a holler. Uh, we'd definitely like to have you over, and, and I, I'd love to meet you in person. Um, when, when do you get to race next? Are you guys off for the winter? Do you have any indoor stuff, or are you done until summer, or what, what goes on over there in the, in the meantime? Yeah, I appreciate that offer, Scott. That'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, so right now uh, we are in our off-season. Um, I'm currently building a, a new bike because uh, I'm moving up to the intermediate class, which is run with our pro class. Um, okay. So a little bit of a jump up. Uh, I managed to get a podium at the last the round last year, so I thought it's time to move up a class. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, I'm uh, building this a new bike. I'm building a 450 framer. Um, okay. And hopefully have that ready for the start of the year because the season starts in April. So I wouldn't mind getting a little spin on it before uh, before April, kind of get a feel for it. So yeah, a long winter, but at least I'm building a bike to keep me busy until the racing starts again in April. I get it, man. And well, we got one more question for you. We're going to have Evan on here uh, in just a few minutes, but is there anything you'd like to say to Evan about the movie or or anything at all you just want to, want to say to Evan Sin? Uh, I really would like to thank Evan for making such a, a, an awesome movie and uh, giving us the opportunity to put the UK premiere on. That was, like, super cool. Um, he really done, a, done us a a good thing there we managed to raise 500 quid for all of us so thanks very much Evan you've done us proud all right Barry the punk aka Barry Stevenson number 299 thanks so much for your time I uh it's so cool to talk to you and and man keep on keeping on we'll see you at the racetrack I hope one day awesome to talk to you Scotty thanks for having me on it's been a pleasure all right do Barry the punk in the UK from Scotland that's badass Dude, and we had so many similarities. I mean, it's 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 so cool that people on the other side of the world or whatever are doing the exact same that I did, and you know, started on a Rotax, and so many similarities. Um, I say we stay over there in Europe and call Greece next. What do you think? I don't know anybody in Greece. How do how do you find all these people? Oh, dude, you know I follow all the Fast and Love posts and all the premieres and everything. This uh this is actually the most recent premiere. They just had one earlier this week. Um, the turnout looked pretty good, so I'm I'm looking forward to to Colin Spiros getting to know him a little bit and uh, hear about the premiere in Greece. What do you think? Let's call him up. Hello. Is this Spiros in Athens, Greece? That's on the phone with me. That's true. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness, man! It's so cool to talk to people in Greece that love flat track. I'm I'm honored to talk to you. Um, let's get to know you a little bit, and then we'll talk about the Fast and Left film. So, uh, do you ride motorcycles? Do you race flat track over there? Well, I ride motorcycles. I don't really race uh, flat track in Greece because there's not really a series going on. Just a few races uh, throughout the year. Uh, one of them is also, you know, organized by us anyhow. So we, we try to keep practicing every Sunday, basically. And hopefully next year, maybe we, uh, me and a few other guys might take it to Italy, where there's some, you know, some races going on over there. See how it's okay. like. All right. What is Zulop? I've been seeing that a little bit here on social media over here in the United States. So can you explain what Zulop is? Yeah. Well, it's actually a group of buddies, you know, obviously loving motorcycles and, you know, living uh, living outdoors and do stuff outdoors. 
Uh, we're basically a group of around 10 people. Uh, do a lot of stuff around motorcycling Greece. Uh, we produce some merch for teams and um, and our events. And yeah, pretty much trying to to promote flat track in Greece and you know get people into understanding the sport and how easy it is to get involved. And you know actually trying to bring new people in motorcycle. And I think flat track is an, is the best way to do it. Okay. Do you guys over there follow the American Flat Track Series? We do. Uh, I'm not sure it's a common thing around here, but we, we try to promote the, the races too and, you know, show people how the, the pro level can be. Okay. It's how so exciting you, anyhow. Of course. How did you first hear about Flat Track? Have you known about it for a long time? Is it something new to you? <laughs> well, uh, that's a nice story because... I've been in the U.S. back in 2017 for the first time. So I was looking in the social media about things going on, and I was lucky enough to to be there when the when a Del Mar when a when a race was going on down in Del Mar in California. So that was actually, uh, of course, we got there, and that was actually my first, let's say, understanding and actually watching the sport slowly. Uh, and you know it burned it burned my mind because it seemed so so spectator friendly and so uh, exciting to watch. But you could see from little kids to to uh, big guys in the paddocks, and that's actually how it all started. You know, coming back in Greece after that, uh, I was working in Red Bull back back then and tried to organize a workshop uh, like a flat rock. Uh, familiarization workshop. Uh, so we brought Aaron Colton from uh, the stunt driver. He came over in mm-hmm. Greece. Uh, he gave us the first, let's say, he, he planted the seed, as we used to call with him. Uh, right. He planted the seed of Ladrock in Athens. It all started from there. Uh, then we we are doing a, a Ladrock event every every year around May. We call it Dirt Fest. So it's actually, you know, an occasion where everybody can come and try flat rock and see how it is. And uh, we we do some races at the end of the night, getting a, right. getting a bit competitive. So that's that's how it all started, and that's where it's going right now. Okay. And and are you in the motorcycle business now? You you said you worked for Red Bull. Then what are you doing now? Uh, I'm 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 importing now in Greece. So. Uh, working around events and rental days for these bikes, so so that people can give it a try on on an easy environment and with not having to buy to to buy their own bike, you know. Uh, oh, cool. We also do some merch uh, around uh, you know the sport of flat rock and motorcycles in general. That's mainly the business at the moment. Okay, and you said I think you said before that you sold Sunday Motors, the the little the miniature flat track bikes. Do you guys is that is that true? You guys sell those too? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. I, I brought my first bike back in September, uh, and post demo days uh, once a month in a local truck. So yeah, the distribution is one thing, and you know, getting people involved with the sport is the second one. <laughs> 
That is awesome. So the sport is growing. Obviously, it's now worldwide. So are there any kinds of tracks in Greece right now where you just guys have something you practice on? Or is there something coming? Or, is, you know, fill me in. Well, officially, there's only one track um, in, in Athens. Uh, that's the only, let's say, official place where you can go and train. Uh, uh, but, you know, flat track is an easy thing to do in whatever environment. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a couple of um, private tracks around uh, around Greece. Uh, not, not really open to the public, but, you know, have open days from time to time. So get there and train with their bikes. It's it's in the grassroots point yet, but I think, uh, you know, as much as you, you love it and follow it and push, push it forward, I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm really positive about the future. We'll see. <laughs> okay, I, I like it. Um, we we called you to talk about this the movie Fast and Left, and and you recently hosted the the most recent premiere. It looked like you guys had a huge turnout. Uh, how did it go in your eyes? Uh, I didn't expect uh, to gather uh, so many people. Uh, I think it was like something more than a hundred people watching the movie. Um, you know, we've been talking with Evan since uh, January, I think. I didn't really know the content back then, but uh, especially when I saw the teasers and everything, uh, I was like really, really certain that uh, it should be filmed, it should be screened in Athens, Greece, so it can uh, give this idea of what really flat track is all about. I mean, in the amateur level and, you know, the sport in general. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, we hosted the premiere like two days ago, uh, in the center of Athens. And, you know, we, we had we had really good comments uh, on the movie following the screening. So really happy that, you know, people accepted it and saw what's behind it. Could the people over there understand what was going on? I mean, did, were there subtitles or did you have to translate for them? No, no, I did, uh, I did translate. So it can be, you know, uh, easier to understand. Because there was so much, so much technical wording in there. Uh, okay. But yeah, I mean, the, the turnout was people seeing the other side of things. Uh, I think they could understand that something approachable and easy to to get involved. And I don't know, we'll see from there. Okay. What was your favorite part of the movie? Uh, at this point, where the music kicks off, at, you know, at the, the first the bikes inside the first turn. I mean, I, I got goosebumps. There and it, it keeps on coming every time I see that certain point of the movie. <laughs> that, that that's really cool. I I got goosebumps when I was watching it too. We really had a good time at the United States premiere. Um, we're gonna have Evan on here in just a little bit. Is there anything you'd like to say to him about the movie or or anything at all? I've been talking to a lot to him lately. Uh, what I'm trying to do is uh, you know keep on the fundraising uh, of. Hopefully the next movie of Evan, because that's what I keep on telling you, man. You gotta, you gotta bring the sequel. Once you wrote the first one, you know everybody's hungry for the next one. So, uh, yeah, we're we're having some some merch produced locally. Um, so yeah, at this point, he he knows what I'm up to, and let's let's all push him for a sequel, right? Absolutely. I was going to say, say, you're not the only one that wants a sequel. I'm ready for the next one right <laughs> I'm pretty now. Sure, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, we really, really appreciate your time. I know it was hard trying to get this coordinated, but thanks for coming on here, and thanks for sharing the love of flat track to the folks over there in Athens, Greece. We really appreciate it. Thanks for the invitation uh, about what's going on here. <laughs> awesome. Happy holidays to you. Thank you so much. All right, bud. Bye-bye. 
fast and left in Athens, Greece, man. That was badass. Seems like there's not flat track there yet, but he's trying to make flat track show up in Greece and he's loving it. Yeah, you need people like that um, to get things started, man. And it sounds like he's got a little momentum and uh, looking at the turnout of this event, like it looks, looks like there's a few people that are passionate about motorcycles and that's uh, that's what you need to get started, right? Absolutely. All right, this last one. This uh, this one's going to be fun, I got a feeling, because these two guys in Brazil um, seem like they're, they're definitely a good time. Their premiere, they had a blast, man. They had uh, music, they had all kinds of fun uh, and they tagged us in so many other stories. So uh, looking forward to talking to this guy. One guy with awesome name, his name's Chris, uh, so that'll be easy. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Enrique, I think, uh, is is on his team. I think Chris actually runs the team, and Enrique is one of his riders. So look forward to hearing how flat track goes in Brazil, and uh, I just wish you the best of luck in wrangling these two. Do you know something I don't? Uh, I don't know. Brazilians are always fun, man. Let's give them a call. Okay, let's do it. Hey, guys. Hey, hey what's it, up, Doug? Am I talking to people <laughs> in, in Brazil somehow? Is that what's going this, on? Yeah, this is South America, yeah. man, where Indians are yeah, walking yeah. down the streets. We got monkeys all over the place, man. <laughs> South America Concrete jungle, dude. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, it, it's so crazy. Sao Paulo, Brazil. So I've got Chris and Henrique on the, on the phone. Chris, I understand you run a race team and you race yourself. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. We actually, yeah. Um, I, I used to live in California for a while, and then when when I came back to Brazil in 2003, um, I opened my my custom shop um, here in Sao Paulo, and then a few years later, this whole flat track scene started, and you know we just jumped in right a, right at the first year, and uh, we started racing uh, five years ago. So yeah, we have a team with uh, three riders. Enrique is one of them, myself and uh, and Paulo Basili. We basically got hooked, and uh, we're doing the best we can for the sport, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. Enrique, you're, you're on the team as well. So how did you get hooked up, and, and how did you meet Chris? Oh, man, that's a crazy story. I, I, I didn't, like, in 2012, I, I just bought my first Sparster, and I didn't know anyone from Harley people, you know? So... I have a few friends, skateboarders, and they they know Chris. So one day we had a trip to Belo Horizonte, a city from like six hours from here, and all the garage garage Metallica crew was was going to that trip. So I was so interested to go there to meet Chris, and and after that we went to the to this trip, and I take uh, my Sportster and change everything for flat track. So. We already started on that. Wow. Basically, what happened was we have this uh, big event here called Rodeo, Lucky Friends Rodeo, exactly. that happens in, uh, every October. And uh, when we met, it was a few months before that race. And uh, Exactly. So when, when we went to the event, uh, he had one team, I had my own team, and we started exchanging experiences there. Uh, we needed, I think Enrique needed some adjustment on his car. Then my little brother went there to help him out, something like that. Exactly. And after yeah. that, we just got hooked and became, you know, very good friends. And now I have to put up with this shit, you know? 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, so, that's good, like, buddy. Yeah. Now he's my little, my second little brother. <laughs> Your second little brother yeah. from another mother. I, I got you. So, See, exactly. She's my just, uncle. <laughs> we can't quit, you know. It's, I guess, it's like, I guess uh, so. We have to make fun of each other all the time. It's like, that's good. That's good. <laughs> So we recently found out how Flat Track started in the UK. So how did Flat Track get started down in Brazil? Well, basically, uh, it got started back in the 70s, but for a very short period of time, uh, people were doing uh, Flat Track on the street, but just for, for, just for fun, um, when Flat Track was big in, the, in between the AMF era in, in the United States. Uh, so that thing died away. Uh, I would say like six months after, and um, it was, you know, set aside for a while. And then when this whole flat track scene started in the U.S. again, I would say probably in between 10 and 8 years, 8 and 10 years, something like that, that caught, caught our attention down here. And Flavio, who's, who's the guy who runs the uh, Rodeo, the Lux Francis Rodeo, came to my shop and said, hey, Chris, what, what do you think about, you know, doing a flat track? Uh, race here in our event and I said hey I'm on you know I'm in so that's how everything restarted down here the the thing is yeah. for everybody to understand motorcycle is part of uh, part of the Brazilian culture but Harley Davidson isn't so uh, uh, there's a big difference in between you know the normal motorcycles and Harley Davidson and um, Harley Davidson got really popular here after the uh, I would say in mid uh, mid 90s got really popular uh and then harley opened a business uh, uh deal in brazil and then then that's when the harley davidson scene really started here so everything is super new in brazil when when you're talking about harley davidson you know universe and then flat track came just like that organic you know we saw the events happening in the u.s and uh we yeah. always wanted to do you know uh, we, we always wanted to collaborate in in every way we can to the uh, to the scene, you know, to the whole scene. And uh, so flat track came to our lap, and uh, we we're trying to do the best we can. Everything is new, you know. And uh, right. so, and then we started, man, five years ago with a whole lot of passion and will. And uh, and then we got hooked with the guys in the U.S. as well, uh, the people from Flat Out Friday and the other, you know, competitions and uh, super hooligans and stuff like that. And, uh, and then we end up starting racing in the U.S. as well. So everything's super new, you know. And uh, we are trying to put that in people's brains down here. We're trying to show that flat track is more than a sport. It's a kind of a lifestyle and a lifestyle that mm -hmm. brings the family and friends together. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. That's exactly what it's like up here. Uh, you know, I grew up in it and I can't leave it. It's just, it's part of my blood now and I, I don't want to do anything else but flat track. So Enrique said it's, he races it's a crazy, sportster. It's crazy, isn't it? It's yeah, a, it's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, That's it's true. So organic, the thing just happened. Our first year, we were we were riding with dirty, dirty tires. You know, we didn't know like what kind of tire we we, we should use, and was was tough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we, we were raw, man. We, everything, every information we had, we had through the net. Like exactly. uh, what kind of handlebars we use, what kind of suspension we use, what kind of transmission we're gonna use, uh, what kind of, what kind of yeah. tracks. 
how long the tracks are and stuff like that. We didn't know how we gonna take care of the track. Know us. So yeah. yeah. So what we had to do is since we always we are always in California, you know, we're always traveling in US, we had to actually kick the door open and say, Hey, we're the crazy Brazilian guys. We wanna do this right, so help us out and we're gonna help you guys out. So that's basically how everything started. I got you. So it sounds like there's a lot of similarities, you know, the, the family atmosphere. It's a lifestyle. Everybody wants to be a part of it. And then once you're in, you get hooked in. So we know what's similar, but what's different in Brazil than American flat track we have up here? So I, I, I think it's the amount of bikes and the amount of riders involved in it. Um, yes. And it, everything else, uh, since we have this this whole technology today, uh, we can exchange information with the other riders in the U.S. and uh, Australia and uh, all over the place. So uh, we're picking up fast. Uh, we started really raw, and now uh, I would say uh, Polenta can help me out with that. With that, but yeah, I think yeah. we are like 90 percent, ninety. 90. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So uh, I think. Uh, we, we 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 did it good for for the past five years, and we've done we're gonna do better for the next years to come. You know, yeah, we have the currency problem going on. Our our currency is uh, four and a half exactly. to one dollar. So if you yeah. if we buy, so you guys can understand, if we buy a set of tires and import to here, we're gonna pay yeah like ten times that what what whatever costs. Cost you guys. Wow. So just to give a yeah. just to give you an example, I just got a new Sportster over in Milwaukee to to set it up for for flat track season next year. I paid fifteen hundred bucks. All right, okay. fifteen hundred bucks. It's what I pay for a set and a half for the tire flat track tire. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, dude, that's insane. Yeah. So it, so that's why insane. we take, that's why we take so long to to set up the bike like. You guys riding in the in U.S., you know? Yeah, if you guys need a part, you're just like a phone call way. We have to do that phone call. We have to purchase. We have to send to a, a shipper in Miami. Then the Miami guy ships to Sao Paulo, and then we have to go to the, uh, to the embassy to get so many customs, pay taxes, and then we got the set of tires. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So, yeah. It, 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 yeah. Yeah, so it's, uh, it, it took us a lot longer. Uh, to get everything done and what we are doing to make that whole experience faster yes. and we are doing this with a whole lot of love is uh, we share everything that we learn and everything that we uh, get as far as parts and information and everything so let's say we have an, a whatsapp group uh, with all the riders uh, on our phones, and uh, let's say uh, we just found out that there's a new Dunlop tire in the market, and it's going to be available next next week. Instead of holding that that information, the first thing we do is to share that information, so every rider yes. knows everything at the same time. You know How much going to be? So this this is like uh, we are kind of creating uh, small cells all over Brazil in order to uh, share that information as well. So yeah, that's awesome. Forward. You guys could ship it all at the same time and, and everybody gets it at the same exactly. time and, and, and it'll save on shipping and, and, and the, the wait exactly. time and all that we, stuff. We make, so. Yeah, we make information more uh, more accessible. We, we make uh, parts available and we have technique that we learn from like Tommy Halbert, Spencer, all the riders 
that have been doing this for, for a long time, when they tell us, hey, you have to put your leg this way, you have to put the arm that way, you have to set your suspension that way, instead of holding that information, we just spread that all over and uh, to make everybody walk in the same steps, you know? Yep. Yeah. So, so, Chris, just a second ago, you called Enrique something else. Is that Was that a nickname that I caught just a second ago? What What did you call him? Yeah, I called him Polenta. So people, so people who really like the Italian food will figure that out right away. When I, when I was a little boy, like 10 years old, I was kind of a little fat. And he just like, hey, man, it looks like Polenta. Just like, fuck you. And I went there and kicked his face. And then after that, everybody called me Polenta. Of course, right. you went against yeah. it, man. You went against it. Exactly, you man. We are we against the world. Up here, up here, all, you know, almost all the writers have a nickname, and you don't pick your own nickname. It gets kind of chosen for you. I try to give all the writers nicknames if I can, if it makes sense, and sometimes they come from other announcers and stuff. So pretty much you got to have a nickname if you're going to go fast. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know the worst thing? It is like they like my nickname is Polenta, so so they they are they start calling me like little Polenta, Polinchina, Popo. <laughs> so the Popo means other other stuff in, in another language, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you know what I mean. You know what, yeah. what I've been through. <laughs> yeah, that's hard, man. That's hard. Before we get into talk about the fast and left film, I got uh, one more question about the 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 racetracks down there. So, are you racing on dirt, and what size are your racetracks down there? Uh, we have basically uh, three places that we can ride uh, now. Uh, we have a very short track, all dirt, uh, which is very close to Sao Paulo here. That's, that's our, let's say, our training camp. Yeah, it's a motocross place that they made an oval uh, track for the uh, GP guys. And uh, okay. we, we got to know that place, went there and said, hey, we're going to take it over. And, and then we did. <laughs> And then we did the track a little longer, but uh, just so you have an idea, uh, our smallest track here in, in Brazil is the same size as an indoor track in the oh, U.S. Okay. I'll say flat okay. out try the same size. Um, the next one up will be down south, which is, I would say, 30% um, uh, bigger. Uh, bigger, bigger. And then we have where uh, our final ha uh, national uh, final happens in, in Sorocaba. I would say like four times uh, Polenta. What do you think? Four times bigger than yeah, four times bigger. Track? Yeah. All right. Uh, I would That's say like, like maybe it's like uh, like Paris is a half mile, right? Yes. I think Paris is a half mile. I would say that our bigger track is half, half. of Paris. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty good. So yeah, how, it's, it's the beginning. How how many riders typically show up at, at one of your races? Um, oh, now 30, say around oh, 34, cool. right? 36. Yeah. yeah, right on. We started with nine yeah. five years ago. <laughs> it was crazy back then. Yeah. It's cool to watch it grow. So the reason we had John yeah. here is to talk about the, the movie Fast and Left. I, I understand you had the premiere down there. Uh, Chris, we you did. first. How, how did you get that? Uh, how did you get that to come down to Brazil? And what did you think of the, the film? Well, the first thing is the uh, it's the uh, will to make the scene down here. That's the first thing. Everything that I see, everything that I learn, just like I told you guys before, we try to spread the word down here. The, the fast and left thing happened the same way. 
We did Flat Out Friday uh, in February this year. And then okay. after that, we, we went back to L.A. to do the Stampede for the uh, X Games qualifier. That's right. when I heard about the movie. And then I start, you know, following them on Instagram. And uh, when I saw the premieres happening, I actually just sent even a, a, a message, say, hey, I'm calling you from Brazil. Uh, we're doing this. We're trying to do our best down here for the whole thing. And uh, if you guys let us do it, we would love to do the premiere down here in Brazil. And uh, he answered me, I would say, like 10 minutes afterwards, saying, hey, I would love to do that. So oh, that's God. how everything started. That's internet awesome. man technology yeah. right on <laughs> enrique yeah. what 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 did you think when you saw the movie what what was your first impression enrique when i when i saw the the movie oh man yes you guys make me cry man yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's it, fucking it awesome intense. man it was intense i was i was intense yeah because i don't know you know when you start watching and you see like the, all the little kids and the old dudes mm -hmm. talking about and like all the rapes, the family, uh, I'm seeing, I'm, like we doing that like for so long right now, like until I get like 50, 60, 70s. So that's uh, was amazing, man, to watch like all the all yeah. the American flat tracking writers talking about and. I got you. The, the thing, the the, the the thing to me about the movie is that when I first watched it, because I I got the key to watch it first and I didn't. I wanted to watch with everybody else. Mm -hmm. In order to have the same the same sensation, and when I was uh, watching the first, I would say like the first five minutes, first gave me goosebumps all over the place, and then I was like, "Dude, this is what we do down here." Yeah. And, uh, with, without knowing, you know. So when we're going to the track, I'm taking my granddaughter with me. I'm taking my wife. I'm taking my stepson. Everybody's enjoying the same thing at the same time, and then you get the dog, and then you watch the movie and see that the guys were doing the same thing like 50 years ago. Right, and, uh, right. And, we, and we didn't know, so everything just happens organically, and uh, that's what yeah, really that's got me into, you know, really hit me pretty good in the heart. It's that's like, so cool. dude, we're we're doing something that it's real because it's been happening for 70 years, 80 years. You know, yeah, that is so cool. So, how many people showed up for the premiere? Um, probably around 130, 120. Oh, wow, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it happened in a place in a very cool place down south, uh, which is like a motorcycle complex. They have like motorcycle shops, yeah. tattoo, a barber shop, and a bar, and a whole bunch of stuff. So, people are coming in. Uh, seeing the, the the flat track bikes, the old bikes, the new ones, and then the riders came in, and then everybody was like, "What the hell is going on?" Because before exactly. we, we, we thought that we were gonna have like maybe thirty or forty people watching it, and then the whole bar just stopped, and everybody went to the back and start watching with us. Since oh, that, we didn't get the cool. subtitles. <laughs> oh yeah. Thing. Since we didn't have the subtitles, and it's not everybody that speaks English down here, what I had to do, I had the microphone in my hand, and every time there was a gap, a conversation gap in the movie, I would translate the last, I would say, yeah, two minutes, saying, oh, this okay. is, uh, he's talking about the motorcycle, oh, he's talking about his family, he's doing this and he's doing that. So it was super cool, and... Uh, 
and made us, made us uh, very proud. And yeah, to that's be part awesome. of it. We, yeah. we felt part of the, this whole scene. Yeah, it, 100%. It looked like you guys had such a great time and you were tagging us in a lot of your stories and stuff like that. It was like we were there. Uh, we, you know, Carter and I got to go to the premiere that was in Wichita, Kansas. And uh -huh. it was the same thing. There was just, it was just like we're at the races, like at the racetrack, oh, but there's, man. you know, there's no That's racetrack cool. there, but, but we're walking around the pits and stuff like that. And there's so many people there. We had they actually had to show the, the movie twice because they could only let so many people upstairs. And it looked like your event wow. was just as happening. And like, it, it looked like you guys had just as much fun as we did. Oh yeah, I bet. Ooh, yeah. I bet. I, I think the, the, the way that the movie was made, it brings everybody into it you know it, yeah. it's a short movie it's a 36 minute thing but it's it's so intense and so real and so simple at the same time that mm -hmm. hooks everybody hooks everybody in you know and uh yep. it's a beautiful thing man we all cried <laughs> yeah, we all cried, yeah you know? <laughs> we're, we're gonna have evan on is there anything you either one of you would like to say to him Oh, fuck yeah. I would love to, to thank him for doing this because when you're talking about movies, events, and stuff like that, it's very hard to do by ourselves. And sometimes you want to yeah. do it so much that we actually bring that, you know, uh, the, that whole thing to yourself. And I think even did that with the movie. He wanted to do it. He was, he was something that he really wants to put out. And he did it by himself with no sponsors and stuff like that. So, uh, I know how hard it is. Uh, that's why that's that was one of the reasons why I wanted to help him out and uh, to show and spread the word out. And uh, so I thank him very, very much for for the trust on us in order to make that premiere down here. This is the awesome. first thing that I want to thank him. It's the uh, it's the trust. Okay, Enrique, do you have anything to add? No, I think I, I, he told everything already. Okay. Just, just spreading the love to flat track world, man. That's that's amazing. Right on. So I I kind of heard before we started recording that you guys are going to come up here and race flat out Friday, uh, in Milwaukee. Is that right? Is that your next race? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah that's our first international for 2020. Yeah, we're going to be right. there March. All 20. right. That's our plan, man. So if people are going and that have listened to this podcast, what number are you running, Chris? What number of motorcycle will you be riding? I normally ride number 13 or oh. 013. It all depends. Okay. And but Enrique, what? 13. Okay. Enrique, what's Enrique your number? 14. Okay. Okay. 14. And are you guys bringing anybody else with you, Chris, or is it just you two? No, no, we're bringing we we're bringing Paulo, Paulo Basili, which is one of the riders in our team. And uh, exactly. since we got a few bikes from Western Harley, I uh, I actually went to uh, to our group and told everybody, hey, if you guys want to go with us, I have six bikes, so I uh, can hook you guys up. So now we have six Brazilian riders already confirmed on the same event. And we're going to do uh, 500, 750 in the, uh, in the, in the Hooligan uh, main event. And okay. uh, hopefully for June, we're going to have nine riders doing the uh, X Games qualifier. Oh, that yeah. is cool. That is so cool. Yeah, dude. Just want to yeah, say man, thank that's, you. To... That's what I told you before. We are sharing the whole experience. We want everybody to have the same experience that we are having with you guys. Brazilian brigades coming to the States, man. I love it what you guys are doing. Yeah. 
We're Brazilian storm. You guys chaos. We, we would like to. <laughs> we would like to say thank you to the to the brothers uh, Louis and Dan Lauders from mm-hmm. Wesley Harley. Yep. They, uh, they they give so much support to me to Chris from last year, Jeremy from Flat Out Friday, Scotty from Mama Try. All these guys is doing yeah, a they, really they, nice job. Yeah, these guys these guys made the difference in our life this year because exactly. they gave us bikes, they gave us instructions, they gave us everything that we needed to be yeah. part of it without asking anything, without asking anything in favor. You know, it's like, hey, if you guys want to come, I hook you guys up. This is what you guys need to do. We've never ridden in nights before, and we did. So, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. uh, in maybe two seconds. We became family in two seconds. That's what that's our true. sport is all yeah. about, man. That's what that's what flat it track is. is. It's a family. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, guys, you're my brothers from another mother that live in another country. Yeah. And it's Hell nice yeah. talking to you. Thanks for coming on the podcast, and so thanks for having it, the man. premiere down there. Uh, man, it, I'm, I'm honored to have you guys on the show. I really am, and, and it's, it's been so cool. Thanks a lot, and uh, hopefully we'll see you guys soon when you come to the States, okay? Of course. Yeah, definitely, and everybody who's listening, if you guys want to make it to Brazil, to our finals in October, to Brazil, let us know. Bikes. Yeah, let us know. All we right. got you. We, we, can we got you your guys' bike. You got and, a, uh, we got a party. We, we got everything here. <laughs> all right. Chris, Enrique, thank you guys so much. Keep it on two wheels, all hey. right? All right, right man. Thank nice you, guys. Appreciate hey, that. Merry Christmas. Great 2020. Let's kick it. Let's bring chaos to the U.S. Yeah. Always good to talk to Evan. Uh, good to hear what he's got, uh, what he's working on. Good to hear that the the sales of those DVDs are helping him recoup some of that money he spent on that production. Because I know that uh, he spent a good amount going across the country shooting that for two years, so a year and a half, however long it took. But um, good to hear him. Awesome to make a new friend in Greece. Good to hear the folks from Brazil and and our boy from Scotland. How cool is that? As far as I know, that's the only flat tracker right now from Scotland, and I can't think back i mean i could actually maybe we should hit up bert sumner and see if anybody else is from scotland but he's the first one i've ever heard of and uh, that's pretty cool and i like what they did at the premiere in uk in the uk they raised money money for oliver brindley so Absolutely. that was really cool what they did for, the, for oliver yeah man and it's good to good to see like the the reach that this film has had man like i said before um not just here in the united states but all over the country and it's one thing that i found interesting is they all had their own favorite little parts of the movie but overall, they all just felt like this movie explains why people love flat track, which is pretty cool when you can create something not just that resonates here in the States, but in other cultures and other countries. And, and uh, I, I think that's one of the best parts, in my opinion, about this film. So um, good stuff, I think, all around. Loved it. Hope all of our listeners have a happy holiday season. Merry Christmas. And uh, smash that like button. Tell all your friends about Off the Groove. Uh, we'll see what we can do next week two days after Christmas and then we'll be setting up for New Year's. I'm doing a race up there in DeCoin, Illinois. So uh, that'll be fun. First time I've done the New Year's race, but we definitely appreciate all the listeners and uh, we wouldn't be doing this without you guys. That's for sure. What if our listeners celebrate Hanukkah? Happy Hanukkah. I'm sure there's other things that we forgot to say. That's what. That's why I said happy holidays. That's, that's why you got to say happy said, Merry holidays. Christmas. You're right. That's, you know what? I want to take care of all of our listeners, you know, and then Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Merry holidays. Happy Christmas. Thanks for my shoes, by the way. I don't know what you're talking about. Have you worn them yet? Uh, yeah. <laughs> did all you, the time. Did you get any comments? 
every time I wear them. Those are cool, man. Where'd you get those? I said, they're made for me. I still think I made out though because I got two bags of uh, beaver nuggets. And a hat. And a hat. And a hat. But the beaver nuggets are where it's at. Did you eat them already? I might have eaten a whole bag already. And it hasn't even Just been a one? week. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, I will one go. more episode. One more episode in 2019, buddy. Yeah. Smash that like button. Do all the things that we ask you to do at the end of every episode that I can't remember to say right now. Talk to everybody next Friday. All right. Peace. Carter's got too much time on his hands. Beaver Nuggets. Beaver nuggets. That was funny. Beaver, Beaver Nuggets. Beaver Nuggets. Beaver Nuggets. Oh, man. Beaver Nuggets. Beaver Nuggets. Beaver Nuggets.